0: 1, 2, three, four. Hey all it's me, Seba I'm writing to you from a very rainy night. I was supposed to go to a really cool concert series tonight, and I had tickets for it. But it's raining pretty heavy out there, and uh, I can't see very well at night. So I don't think it's a good idea for me to go. And also, I have pulled my back. I've hurt my back a little bit doing things I shouldn't have to do, but I now have to do by myself. And so I thought I'd just come in here and talk to y'all. And as usual, I have no idea what I'm going to say. So This should be fun. Let me see. Well, all the peach trees have bloomed out here. And the pear trees are blooming too. It is a little bit early, of course. But, you know, the weather is insane in Alabama. And so we're going to have to do what we have to do. And so we might lose some if we get another freeze, but I don't see another freeze unless it's hiding somewhere. (laughs) And so I'm hoping that there's not one and I finally get all that yummy fruit we didn't get last year. And y'all, my house is still just destroyed from um, the situation it got left in. It, It really is. However, I've decided to just cook outside as much as I can and, uh, This weather that we've got coming up, it's going to be grilling season. So I'm really excited to do that. I've got some buddies coming over this weekend, and we're going to have a good time out there. You know, Ostara and spring are my favorite times. And my birthday's coming up, and it is just, it's my season. It really is. And I'm not going to let all these woes and everything that happened to me last November ruin this for me. You never know when the end is coming for you, honey, and you might as well just enjoy yourself in a broken home. (laughs) And eventually I'm going to figure it out anyway. And uh, I'm not going to be able to do a full farm this year. I don't, I don't like saying that. I don't like admitting that. I would rather do a farm, but I don't have a partner of any kind. And there's a lot of heavy lifting involved. Too much for me to do. And uh, since I'm already doing everything around here and trying to work, there's just no way I could do it. But I am going to do some herbs and I got me a half pound of sage, the green kind of sage. And I was going to make a little field <laughs> for my coven. I think I talked to y'all about that last year. So we don't have to use swat sage anymore because we just can't abide by doing that anymore. No more cultural appropriation if we can help it. And uh, hopefully we're going to end up with really cute green kitchen sage bundles that we can use for other things. But I did want to talk to y'all today about seeding. So if gardening is not your thing at all, this episode, go ahead and run right past it, honey. It's okay. But for any of y'all who are out there going, you know what? I want to grow something this year. And especially since I've been on y'all for a very long time to grow things, I wanted to talk about it. Just to review, I've always found seeds to be magical. Perhaps the most magical thing there is. I mean, it's tiny and it only requires a couple of things to spring back to life. It's a wonderful lesson for like a little kid too on what magic is. But it's quite fantastic to me. Now, one of the steps I think we miss when we're seeding our plants is that this is an opportunity to grow with the plant magically. And it's an opportunity for spell work that that plant can help you with. And our ancestors knew this, but you know how we've forgotten everything. But one of the things I was taught, you know, past the scientific which I'm going to get to is to bless your water and that water that you're going to use for your seedlings and starting up your little fertilization process. All of that should be pure or as pure as you can get it. And I don't mean run out there into a mud puddle and get that because that could introduce some things that we don't want. But what I do is I take my well water And uh, that's coming directly out of the ground, here on my land already. Those plants are going to know it later, you know. And then when I have my well water gathered, I'll take it in and I'll put it through my filter to assure that any kind of toxins are gone. We don't have Well, there is no we out here. I've got to stop saying we, y'all. I don't have any pollutants that I know of going in there. And it's been tested and it's looking good. However, I just want to make double sure because these seedlings are going to be incredibly tender. So I'll go ahead and put it through my filter and then I will put it in a large mason jar or four or five (laughs) and let it sit outside on the altar in a waxing moon to gather all that growing energy. And that is the water I'm going to use when I put my seed down in its little bed. Anyhow, that is one of the ways that I incorporate magic into my gardening practice. That water is blessed. I sure of that. And I think about my own body and how it needs the same thing. And um, on the day that I water in my seed, I drink from it too. I attempt to go through all of the processes as much as possible. I kind of grow me along with the seed. Anyway, so that's some of the magic that I do right off the very get-go. But there's some science I think some of y'all might want to know about. And that is this. Always use seed starter mix. And make sure that it is 100% sterile. Now, I see a lot of expensive stuff out there, <laughs> really expensive. Um, I like Jiffy. It usually is right on the money, and it's going to expand quite a bit. So a tiny little bag is going to get you, honey. Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell y'all a couple of problems that will happen with your seed and your seedlings that are common and try to get you not to do those things, Okay. All right, number one, do not overbury your seed. Look and see what it's going to say on the package. But if it's a little tiny pepper seed or a little tiny tomato seed and they say a quarter inch, do not go any deeper. I mean, I tend not to even go that deep, but do not do it. And with salad greens and that kind of thing, you want to basically flick dirt over it. Because if they're too far down, they're never coming up. Um, pepper seed, you are going to wait and hope and pray over that damn seed. And you are about to give up. Your tomatoes are going to come up in a couple of days, honey. I mean, like within the week. Your cucumbers are going to come up right away. Any kind of green bean is going to be like, hello, how are you doing? I mean, within a day or two. Your pepper seeds, however, are going to give you shit. I have waited before for three weeks, given up on it, threw it outside, and bam. And there was a reason for that. There was science for that. So, let's talk about you all setup, okay? Those warmer mats that you can get on Amazon for like $12. Well, those things are going to last forever. So that's your number one thing you got to have. They have to be underneath your seedlings. This is a no-brainer. I mean, unless you live in the tropics. And what that's going to do is it's going to warm the bottom of that tray. And any roots that start up are going to want to get down to that heat. And that's going to give you longer, stronger root bases. But the other thing, and the thing I... When I'm trying to guide somebody through growing stuff and they're having trouble and they don't know what in the world's going wrong, your light system, your UV light system, and by the way, they sell those on Amazon too, needs to be just inches away from your tiny little seedlings when they come up. I'm not playing with y'all. I've seen people go, well, you know, six inches will be fine. No, it won't. Well, what's going to happen is they're going to get leggy and all that stem growth is going to be weak. And that's not what we want. What do we want when we want seedlings? We want them short and fat. We want them stocky, baby. And we want them that way so they can support everything that's going to come. Also, I've noticed, I mean, there's no science to back this one up. But the leggier they are, the more susceptible, uh, at least mine, are more susceptible to something called damping off. So let's talk about damping off, honey. Damping off is going to happen if you are not doing everything in the right order. And sometimes damping off is going to happen even when you do. So do not blame yourself. But what is your battle plan? Okay. And if you haven't heard of dampen off yet, I mean, I'm not going to give a whole thing on that, but it basically is a disease that's going to be caused by fungi, mold, these sorts of things, and they are all over your house and you don't know they are, okay? One of the reasons you don't see it as much outside is you've got wind and you've got, you know, circulation and you usually have more heat. I mean, you should, if they're out there in the sun, but when they are in your house, when you're starting these little babies in your house, they're usually cool conditions. Um, I was on the phone with one of my coven mates and I told her she was going on about her peppers not coming up. And I was like, what's the temperature right there? She's like, I don't know, 65, maybe, (laughs) maybe 70. Well, they don't like that shit. they don't like that. They they like 85, hun. And so if you're doing them in the house already, you're going to have to, well, put them in a very warm location. And also consider that these conditions are probably not great for it because cool and damp equal fungi. It just does. Or at least this kind of fungi that's going to attack your babies. And what it looks like is as if something came along and pinched the base of your stem, just pinched it. Sometimes rotten too, but usually just a little pinch, and that's where it gets weak, and then it falls over and it dies. Mhm. It's heartbreaking. I did a long time ago. I made horrible mistake, and I put all of my seedlings. Oh my god, it was so dumb. And one of those like you grow them hothouses and I put them in my living room where it was nice and warm but then I zipped it all closed and everybody died from damping off. Everybody in that room. To prevent damping off, although you might not be able to, have your home a little bit warmer but also you're going to need circulation. And what I usually suggest is an oscillating gentle breeze of some sort and it needs to be gentle you just want to see those seedlings kind of lightly jostling not bending over and this is also good in the way of strengthening your baby seedling the stem learns to withstand a little bit of knocking about so i just use one of those tiny little 15 dollars solar ones and they turn off at night, and that's good. That's fine. We don't want them blowing all night. Anyway, these are some of the things you need to consider when growing your seedlings in the house. And unless you live in Florida, you might need to do so. You want very close contact with UV ray so that they don't have to get luggy and go up and find it. Now, you don't want to burn them, but if you're using the correct lighting system, it wouldn't do that anyway. You want to use the warming pads underneath your seedlings. You want to use sterile water to water them. And you want to assure that the starter you're using is also sterile. Okay? Anyway, y'all, I hope that was helpful in some way. There are ways to weave ourselves into the beginning of spring. And one of the best ways I've ever known to do it is to grow plants. And hope I've helped in some way. But I do have another story for y'all. A very, very long time ago, I had a student and they wanted to do a, a seed planting ritual with their initiation. And I will say it sounds like a great idea, but there are a lot of things that could go wrong with that. What went wrong with this person's seed planting? was that they put it in a little pot of dirt. They had a great night and partied and laughed and had a wonderful time. And then they left that little tiny terracotta pot underneath the chair they were sitting on and they didn't just leave it by accident overnight. They left it for weeks. And uh, finally I just sort of shoved it back upon them because The whole idea was to grow something and grow with something. And there's a responsibility inherent in that. I mean, that thing needed to be watered, it needed to be tended to, it needed to be respected, it needed to not be abandoned in that manner, or nothing would grow. And uh, like I said, this was a very long time ago, and that student did not. Workout. I'm not going to talk about any of their progress further than that because it's protected. However, it brings me to a very important point about trying to grow with our plants and get deeply in this wheel of the year. I think um, if we're not going to take responsibility and if anything goes wrong, we're going to give up, it might be best not to do so. Because, uh, well, the land spirits will get angry. <laughs> Your ancestors may not respect you. And whatever deity you might be working with, they're watching. It's, it's not a great idea. <laughs> so there's commitment involved in that. I mean, where this little seed pot got left without any water was underneath a chair and underneath a gazebo. So it couldn't get light. It couldn't get rain. It just got abandoned. And that doesn't work out very well for any living thing. And I do think that spells are living things. So keep that in mind. And I'm not saying that if you mess up and things don't go the way you thought, that that is, you know, somehow blasphemy on your spell. It's not. It really isn't. It's the giving up. It's the um, negligence. I think I'm thinking about negligence. You know, when we create servitors, we're supposed to take care of them. When we cast a spell, we are supposed to see it all the way through, whatever our end was supposed to be. When we make an oath to someone or something like a tree, but I kind of think there's someone's. someone's, um, we need to see that through. These things can backfire horribly if we decide, well, that was too much work or I didn't have time or whatever. Not a good idea. Honestly, not a good idea, no matter what path you were on. Y'all know the horrible thing that happened to me, which I suppose I need an acronym for, happened around the time I would have planted my garlic, which is in October usually late October, and the research I had been doing had suggested the very first of November. So I wasn't able to go forth with that commitment. I had all of my clothes in this sweet little box and all protected and ready to go. Everyone was in wonderful condition, but (laughs) I was in such a place at that time with such a broken heart that I was bleeding all over everything, uh, magically speaking, bleeding everywhere. And it wasn't just that I didn't have the effort or the courage to plant anything. I knew I would infect whatever I planted with this horrible, horrible grief. And I wasn't willing to do it to my beautiful garlic. And I get that that makes me a purist, but whatever, I get to be eccentric if I want to be. And so I gave it away. And that means I no longer have a uh, garlic store, if you will. You plant garlic in October and November in my zone, and then it comes up around June. And so every year I was able to keep going without buying any new, but (laughs) I don't know. Um, I couldn't do it to another living thing. I couldn't. Like, everything I touched at that time, and still a little bit, but we're working on it, was just sorrow and rage and, like I said, blood. It was, I was bleeding. And that slow into a trickle, y'all. But the pain was too much. And uh, as a kitchen witch, when I cook, if I cook in such a state, I can almost guarantee y'all it's going to come out horrible, almost inedible. And it might have something to do with the fact that I've always been a kitchen witch and I kind of put my foot in it, you know, when I put my energy in that food. I don't know how to not do so. I don't know how to stand in the way of my own energy when I'm doing something like that. So um, I kind of see... Planting and seeding and all of that is very similar to kitchen witchery. And I was in no shape to make that commitment to another living thing. Instead, I just leaned on the trees because they were older than me. (laughs) The trees I love the most anyway are. And uh, I don't want to actually pour negativity into a tree. But I sure will lean on one upon occasion. Anyway, all of that to say that when you do seed, put your little seeds down into the soil and uh, when you transplant and when you finally put your babies into the great mother earth herself when they're big enough to do it. On those days, try desperately (laughs) to clean up your energy before you do it, if at all possible. Because if you're effective as a witch, now listen, if you're pretty ineffective and you're just uh, half it most of the time, anyway, go ahead. It will not hurt anything. But these are life forces and uh, they're sacred. Manipulating those or even helping those along, taking part in that cycle at all. Your energy is going to affect and touch that new life. I know, but we're selfish, but we want tomatoes. Well, you know, honey, find a day that you don't end up squalling on the floor and your eyes all swole and all you can think about is, I don't know, revenge or the horror of everything you're experiencing, because that is a really bad day (laughs) to try to manifest life. And when you put a seed into any kind of soil product, you are investing yourself in manifesting life. So, consider what I'm saying, or go buy a plant that somebody else has <laughs> grown for you. That, that's honestly what I think I'm going to do this year. And I know a lot of people are very sad that you know a farmer witch like me is, uh, you know, I'm making the choice not to do that this year. But my little coven student who I invested all kinds of time in and love in and taught how to do all this. Well, she's bringing me some gifts. She's bringing me the plants that are too much for her. And uh, she doesn't know it yet, but she's going to have to plant them herself over here. And I'm going to help her. I'm going to point, but I'm still, I'm healing. And I have some days that are almost ecstatically good. And then I'll get kind of blindsided by something else painful. So, but in a wonderful, weird, and fucked up, beautiful way, they are going to be like my own. Because I took all this gardening knowledge and I took all this farming knowledge and I taught it to someone who is now going to bring me a gift grown from all that. So, you know, in a lovely way, I'm getting an echo of another time where I was really, really happy. And y'all, I do believe I'm going to be really, really happy again. I do. Mostly because I know I honestly did zero to deserve where I ended up. And uh, it was um, a horror show. And wouldn't want to be that other person right now. I mean, Mm -mm. we do reap what we sow. Like I've been saying this entire podcast pretty much. We do reap what we sow. And I sowed love and patience and understanding and forgiveness and lots of time. So just because I can't harvest from that field doesn't mean I won't harvest from another one. And honey bunnies, I fully intend to, if at all possible. You know, it's a little off subject, but I'd like to say that just because someone has lied to you about who they are and just because someone has broken their oath to you, just because someone has hidden from you all of their truths and did so in a way that was meant to hurt you, doesn't mean that you deserve any of that, no matter what they tell you. And if they tell you you do deserve that, you are dealing with a narcissist. And you cannot help a narcissist. They cannot feel anything for you. They cannot have empathy for you. And I know if you're like me, you're going to still squall at the moon. And you're going to holler and hoop on about the fact that, but you love them. It doesn't matter. It never will matter. That's a poison field, honey. You can love that field all you want to, but that field is fucked. And when you give no fucks anymore, your field will be barren and you can start over. How do you like that for an analogy? I've been coming back to life, little tiny bits at a time. Finding moments of joy. And letting people love me. And just as I would not infect something that I love that I'm growing with anything that I felt was um, not healthy for that field. I'm not going to let anything get in my new barren field. <laughs> it's barren. Behold my field of fox and find that it is barren. I'm going to grow sunflowers. And I'm never going to let somebody sacrifice me on their funeral pyre ever again. So that's where I am. And maybe now it makes a little bit more sense on why I'm not going to do a full farm this year. Mm. Yep, Uh, my moral compass will not allow me to. But, you know, it doesn't mean that I can't take in some that were loved and Brought about by the things I taught. And in a weird way, that's harvest. So I'm excited about doing that. And I'm excited about all of my fruit trees are in full-ass bloom. Even ones I thought were dead are in full-ass bloom. Funny, last year we didn't get a single fruit. It was the first time on this property since 2012 that nothing came in. Interesting, as if somebody had poisoned the field. But we're covered in flowers, y'all. The royal we. (laughs) I'm covered in flowers now. And I only bleed on them a little. (laughs) It depends on the day. (laughs) Anyway, just the Mostora thoughts, because this is the time that we do care about these things, and I don't know what y'all do as witches, but uh, Mostora... I'm all about the flowers and the bees and honey and uh, spring greens and the bringing back of life. This is it. I'd say it showed up just in time. Love y'all like chicken. I'll talk to y'all next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.